Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 48 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one and only, truth be told, the man, Hector. How's it going, Hector? There was another, but I filed a cease and desist. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I have to honor those, and because I don't like legal fees just like anyone else does, so... Let's strap ourselves in and prepare for We've Got Comic Sign. Uh, better put the word out. Can't wait for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better bring next song. On today's episode of The Pull List, we have a wonderful show for you. We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know, our must-pull recommendations from the past two weeks, and our all-time favorite number ones. Well, not all time, but at least from the last two weeks. This is the Polis Podcast. So as we settle into the newsroom, Hector, I have a lot of news, but some of it isn't going to require a lot of conversation. It's just more so some stuff is moving from point A to point B, and... The lovely people out there need to know what's going on in the comic world, and let's just start right off the top with some uh, Marvel news, and I don't know if it's exciting or not, but we have Marvel news, and Yay. their summer their summer event has taken shape. Um, not the whole reborn Heroes Reborn thing. That's like actually going to happen earlier, like the actual summer event. Because, you know, for those of you keeping score, Marvel generally does a, their big event in the summer. Comics in general typically does because hopefully things are kind of back to normal. And also just that's when the big stuff drops. So this year, Hector, are you ready for Black no. Cat stealing? You already lost the me. infinity Go gauntlet. On. Yeah, no, right. The black hat is stealing the infinity gauntlet. That's the setup. Why? I got nothing, but it's going to be called Infinite Destinies. She, if you're reading Amazing Spider-Man, she stole some. Didn't she? What she just steal from Doctor Strange? Yeah, there is some stuff going on, and I forgot, and I didn't put Amazing um, on my list this week because. I thought it was interesting, um, but I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. But yeah, I, haven't, stuff I didn't going have time on. to read that one yet. Yeah, there's stuff going on. Um, there's transitioning with MJ and all that good stuff. But um, And Black Hat's present, Doctor Strange present, and um, spoiler alert for, for Hector at least. Um, d- do you care? Can, can I spoil no, this? Because it's, be okay. it's kind of funny. Um the the last panel has Mephisto on it because, you know, Marvel and Mephisto, just saying, huh? Huh? Mm, mm. Get get it? Yeah. So anyway, uh, Infinite Destinies, uh, Black Cat steals an Infinity Gauntlet. So what does Black Cat do with a Infinity Gauntlet? You got to start picking books up about mid-year to find out. So let's get on to some news that might be slightly more shocking. Um Oh, I, I made a pun and I didn't mean to. It's because I can actually read my notes before Ooh. I say them out loud. Yeah. Ooh. But um, <laughs> we mentioned a couple episodes ago that DC is bringing back Milestone Comics. And Milestone ran a lot of comics in the early 90s featuring black superheroes. Um, finally having their own imprint and everything that DC is bringing them back. Um, but for better or worse, they're not bringing it back in print or at least not immediately. It's going to be digital only on their new DC infinite and all that good stuff. But, but all that to say static shock is coming back in for its own series, for its own run, starting real soon under the reinstituted milestone. And it's just simply going to be called static. So I'm sitting here very hopeful that we'll see print copies of these things eventually, but for better or worse, they are starting in the digital only platform. But for fans of old school milestone and static shock hardware and some of the other great heroes from that, we're going to start seeing independent books from the original milestone line, making their appearance in digital first and fingers crossed. We'll see all this stuff in print later on. And I don't know about you, but, 
I'm kind of excited to see new Static Shock stuff because at least growing up, I do remember the cartoon and really enjoying the cartoon. And then as I got into comics later on, went and found the comics and enjoyed that. So I'm just looking forward to seeing Milestone in print again. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I think a lot of what's happened with the history of the the other history of the DC universe has been a good like springboard for that. A good um, primer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good primer for it because, like, <laughs> I know that it's, you know, the appropriate air quotes thing to do to highlight certain groups and stuff during their appropriated months with all the air quotes right. in the world. Um, but DC's done a really good job of doing this for a while, not like just because it's the month to do it. Um, mm. They've done a, a much really better point. job. Of like diversity, like spotlighting, but then, then again, so was Marvel. Marvel did the whole Native American cover line, which was a cool idea. Um, but you know, that's what I'm. Th- I'm think I'm saying in general, like our comic companies are doing a better job with that, right? And it's it's great that we can finally see that representation continue and also garner new readers as we go forward. And that's kind of my next piece of news is during this month and bringing Milestone back and everything, uh, Warner Brothers, parent company of DC, finally put together a documentary on the history and person of Dwayne McDuffie, who was one of many, I say one oh, of, but man, truth I is love many Dwayne. say. He was great. Was Right. And we lost he he passed away in 2011. And there's been a lot of fallout from that of because unfortunately, comics and intellectual property tends to bring out the best in people Um, say that tongue in cheek. But I'm looking forward to checking that out because I find the history of Milestone was just so fascinating that like a lot of other things that popped in the early 90s, it was just a group of creators that are like, we want to do the thing and not just do the thing, but do the thing about people like us. And it's kind of amazing to think that that technically didn't come to be until the early 90s, that sure there was representation in comics, but truly an imprint a label that was entirely representative of the black community just didn't exist. And Dwayne McDuffie spearheaded that and gave us a lot of those milestone characters. So it's free. We're dropping the link in the notes. So if you just love comics and you want to understand what's going on and take an opportunity to celebrate Black History Month, it's a great opportunity to check out an amazing creator from this time period. So good on WB and for the other folks for getting us the content so we can hear the story and the struggle of Milestone as it came to be. And now it gets reinstituted. And, and just let me tag onto that. Yeah. Like uh, outside of, you know, you know, these guys were like flag bearers in making this happen. But um, there yeah. are a lot of really great creators now doing some really good stuff that is on these levels like fourth wall is it fourth wall studios. Um, the guys that, uh, we've, we've worked with them at cons before, uh, mm-hmm. Morgan Iverson, who does lumberjacks, uh, Danny that does, uh, ace blade. Um, the guys over at Tuskegee airs, that's Marcus, right? Yep. Marcus and, um, Greg, uh, Tuskegee airs. And, and of course, Afua, yeah. um, who recently oh, yeah. has, you had her work featured on Lovecraft Country, and she's in this month's previews with uh, her new independent project, The Book of Myrrh. Um, I kickstarted that. With, <laughs> I kickstarted that as well, so <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to put that out there. Um, um, yeah. And most of these folks you can find on podcasts either on the pull list stuff or on Faith and Fandom. And um, But yeah, there's there's it's it's awesome to celebrate creators really doing good work so yeah and and on that note i i might as well just put this down and then all of you can hold me honest to it is we we actually need to have a fua on the show we haven't done that yet so i'm going to reach out to her do i'm gonna reach out to her this week and we're gonna make that happen in the next couple episodes uh i'm gonna try to she and i've had some really good conversations lately too so because i like i don't I'm I'm not saying I'm her best friend or her biggest fan, but I don't Aww. think anybody screamed louder 
um, during Lovecraft Country when her name got mentioned than me. Because I'm excited. You nerd. Because, uh, <laughs> like, like, every time her artwork was on the screen on Lovecraft Country, I'm like, hey, baby. Hey, baby. That's my friend Defoo. She makes good comics. <laughs> and She's then, super cool. Like, and then, but then, like, uh, there, when the one episode where I was like, um, oh man, look at Afua getting love. And then when they said her name, an artist named Afua taught me to draw, I literally broke noise ordinances. So, um, <laughs> it was, it was good. But yeah, sorry. So Go we'll on. work, we'll work on that. That's important. And, uh, so bringing that and everything in. Oh, wait. Well, just stepping into the newsroom, I've just been handed some breaking news. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you like that? That was nice. I got sound effects. I got sound effects up in here. But literally just stepping into the newsroom, hot across the wires, a new Superman project from J.J. Abrams and from current Black Panther writer Coates apparently is going to happen. Um, there's stuff all over the internet today, uh, literally in the last couple minutes, uh, saw it pop up that I guess we are getting a reboot of man and steel of some type. Abrams is going to head, head that. And we have no idea whether Carvel and his mustache will be there or not, but new supermans it's happening. Maybe question mark. The internet told me so, so it must be true. Dude, and I just I'm telling you to you now. Superman. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Like. Right. I just want to have Cavill as Superman, especially coming off the heels of what will be the... I think we'll get some extra love for it after um, the Snyder Cut. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that too. So, yeah, we're we're getting there, fam. Um, but, yeah, that just happened. So, see, we, we bring you the news, like, literally as it happens or as I can open and close the door that I'm two feet away from. But... You're welcome. So breaking news for today, but not so breaking, but equally interesting. I brought you random spawn news two episodes ago. Well, I've got more not so random spawn news because Todd McFarlane said he was going to break the internet. And I don't know if he did, but he might have in announcing. Nope. Mine still works. If you. <laughs> the internet's still there. Good. Um, it's still there. Did did you know that you needed a Spawn universe, not just a Spawn comic, not just a couple movies and a Once Upon a Time TV show? You need all of the things. And I, I know I need John Leguizamo it. as the clown all day long. Like, well, there you go. But Todd Todd announced that he's going to create a larger universe. Some more comics are coming off from that. Um, some more books, some more movies, supposedly, maybe some TVs. Um yeah, if you are all about that spawn and I mean it's spawn, one of the longest running individual continuity comics ever from Todd McFarlane. Um Todd Todd McFarlane, you've heard of him? Spawn. Yeah. He well, makes action figures, right? He makes some pretty dope action figures actually. Todd McFarlane so makes you- action figures like Toby Mac makes inspirational memes. That's not what they started <laughs> with. But that's all they're known for now. Ooh. So <laughs> Spawn Universe is is coming to you, and there's going to be up to four monthly titles in the Spawn Universe going forward, and good on them. I mean, truth be told, Todd is definitely one of the hardest working dudes in the industry. So, I mean, chase it. Todd literally, as he stepped out, helping Image come into creation with a bunch of his friends, Spawn being there from the beginning and all that. Spawning Spawn? I, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not gonna doubt the man because he's oh, no, he's proven that he he can create fire. Um, so all about it. Well, it it's and, the thing of like I know you can do it, but it's it's the but Jeff you? Goldblum <laughs> meme from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Just you were so concerned about asking yourself if you could, you never ask yourself if you should. You know. Yeah, and oops. Well, here we are. <laughs> it's a thing. It happened. I'm sorry. I think I don't know. Yep. Um. But we also wanted to kind of help some of you that if you went to your comic book store this week, you might not have had comics. And that sucks. But maybe you kind of noticed that the entire country was like going through like a thing, like just the entire U.S. map, like picked up the phone and said, no, we're not coming to work today for like a week. Crazy weather and just everything just messed up diamonds, something terrible 
this week. So some of y'all didn't even get your comics till around Friday. Um, and that makes every comic reader sad inside. Um, but you didn't, you didn't make believe that. And diamond didn't just like hate your store independently this week. Um, but almost everybody delayed where they're, had their stuff delayed this week because of weather and just everything. And the only thing I can come to think is that weather wizard just needs to get locked up again. So get Barry on the phone and let's knock this out. Weather wizard sucks, man. How is that guy even a villain rogues gallery, whatever, but wrapping up our news, we're going to talk about the last Ronin number two, this episode for sure. So teenage mutant Ninja turtles, I think, People have probably heard of them before. Um, Number two, which came out recently, was IDW's largest single print run in history. They did a little over 130,000, which might not sound like a lot, but let's put some things in context briefly. Um, A super big Marvel run would be about a half million right now. And the last time that happened was when Star Wars was renumbered and they reintroduced. For a lot of the independents, 50,000 can be a pretty large run. So 130 for a Turtles book is nothing to scoff at. And just every time a last Ronin comes out, they seem to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're going to save it for the back half of the show because... That book's freaking amazing. There's a reason why <laughs> it was IDW's biggest. And I have no doubt number three will be their biggest and so on and so forth till the end of the run. So, you know, keep I an eye jump out. I'm going to in real quick with some Shazamly yeah. news if I can. Um, Ooh. So, because I'm about that Shazam life. Got my my crush on Zachary Levi's, uh, what's the word? Smolder. Um and Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm a big Shazam family per- fan. Uh, there were two pieces of Shazam news this week um, that were just encouraging to me. Um, and one, this is more Black Adam than Shazam. But I just, with the way that coronavirus has affected the movie industry, mm-hmm. I had like a pit of my stomach fear that we were going to lose um, big budget movies and move mainly to TV. Um, in the depths of my soul, sure. I had that fear. Um, that, that's but, a, that's uh, a legitimate rock, threat. Yeah. The rock posted his, my black Adam workout, uh, pre- prepping for the movie. And like, I'm not going to go into all the details of his workout regimen, but he wants, he said that he wants, it's on his Instagram, um, that he wants his black Adam to be the most physically impressive version of himself he's ever shown. Ooh, that says and a lot, so especially it, for him. Yeah, I mean, he did that once before with Hercules, where he said, "I want to be." He wants to be better than he's ever been, but he's doing that with uh, Shazam, with uh, Black Adam, and so he posted his workout, which was like a nice little. Oh, I'm glad, uh, you know, this movie's not canceled. Um, he's also producing <laughs> Black Adam and Shazam, so that makes it easier. Um, but then uh, also that Rachel Zegler, uh, who you might know from West Side Story, uh, is cast as a important role in Shazam 2. Ooh, interesting. Um, uh, so they're casting new characters for Shazam 2, which just makes me happy. And um, Zachary, Levi, and Rachel had a nice little uh, dance on Twitter after the announcement. And she's like, I like the word Shazamly, and et cetera, and they're how they're going to sing musicals together at every press junket and all the things. So, uh... That was uh, that made me happy. My little Shazam news. Go on. Oh, nice. Well, that is our news for this week. And that's what you need to know. And that's our bi-weekly look at the industry and delivering you all of that wonderful inside knowledge, including breaking news. I'm mad I never opened my door. <laughs> See? And hold on. Wait, wait. As always. Oh, oh wait, there's nothing. No, there's nothing outside your door. Well, my door works a little differently. It goes into the Pull This Podcast news room, which is full of interns that I should probably pay. No, we don't have any interns, but it does go into the newsroom, which is called my desk and the internet. And 
you can join that awesome conversation with us whenever you want. You can join us on the Discord. Well, you can join me on Discord because I think we've come to the conclusion that Hector is just not going to. But you can hang out with Hector <laughs> over on the Facebook community. But that's completely okay because Discord and Facebook are where we hang out. Just look for Love Thy Nerd. The links are in the show notes. And tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what we missed. Because believe it or not, we miss things. And all the time. We can have a very cozy, wonderful conversation about pop culture and comics just about anywhere that you want to hang out, except maybe on MySpace because we don't do that anymore. So just check out the show notes for where you can hit us up, and we'd love to have more conversations with you. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search and favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. So Hector, I think it's time to share with the wonderful people out there what comics jumped out of our poll boxes this week. So how about you start us off and tell us what just said Hector this was an amazing comic. Um, for me, or, and or not? Surprise! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll do what I want. You can't stop me. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going true. to back up and give you one that I was late with. Um, that I should have mentioned on the last episode, and I totally forgot because I got in my own hype bubble about it and forgot to mention it on the show. Um, Batman Black and White number two, which Batman Black and White number three just came out, and it was great. Um, but Batman Black and White number two features a story uh, from Tom King uh, called uh, The Unjust Ruler, I believe is what it was called, um, or The Unjust Judge. Um, it's It's been a minute, but it's the first story in Batman Black and White number two. Um, and uh, as you know, if you've listened to us and my love affair with Tom King's writing, especially his biblical references and stuff in scripture. And because Tom King, regardless of where he stands in his own personal life, has put more biblical content into Batman than I have. Um, and yeah. And let's just remind people that if you've jumped onto our show late, um, we, we started the show on a single issue of Batman that Tom King wrote once upon a time. So that was issue 53, almost a little over two and a half, almost three years ago now when when Hector and Chris didn't know what the heck we were doing, but we wanted to talk about it anyway. Um, that's where the Polish podcast came doing, from. No, we're making but, this look know. good, though, because you can't Ow! see us. That's how awesome it is. <laughs> um, but Tom King has repetitively brought biblical themes and scripture in it from whether it's conversations in a church where Joker's asking Batman to pray with him to uh, Wonder Woman and Batman literally fighting back the sins of mankind in an alternate dimension to, uh, I mean, and Tom even does it with the vision book. There's lots of biblical and scriptural quotes throughout it. Um, this one specifically, uh, really jumped out at me because, uh, one, it's titled a biblical thing, but the entire thing is biblical just as much as Batman 53. Um, if you don't pick up any other random single issue of Batman black and white, please pick up number two, just for the sake of conversation. And I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this because where, uh, Batman 53 had a very solid, um, biblical, positive, warm, fuzzy, you can use this in a sermon illustration conclusion. Um, this one poses a little more, oof, we should talk about this. I don't like your wording. And I didn't love every word of it, but I did love it. Um, so the basic gist is the story starts out, there's a church slash orphanage on fire. Um, 
and a pastor has been single-handedly trying to rescue all of the kids from the burning church. Batman arrives later or whatever and helps and but does he fails to communicate to the pastor that he's already gotten the last kid out and the pastor runs in and oh. the church collapses on him. And Batman is like he's like Batman's like let me hear your voice pastor call out to me and so literally you've got a pastor under a pile of burning rubble which you know has batman begins uh references about you know the push-ups and a log uh but he's like let me hear your voice so you have like pages of batman digging through burning rubble as a pastor who is dying sings a hymn freaking beautiful i was already emotional before i made it through like page three but when he gets to him, he's too, the pastor's too far gone. Batman can't move him without him dying. Um, and Batman pulls off his mask and sits there and cries in front of the pastor. And there's this glorious screenshot of it in my mind of you literally have the pastor on the burning church floor, Bruce sitting, crying like a child. And there's a cross with Jesus on the cross and the whole place is in flames. It's just a beautiful image. But as he's, as this is going on, he says that, uh, do you know the story of the unjust judge? And, and without skipping a brief beat, Bruce goes from Luke. He's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I know the story. <laughs> um, and, uh, so some of this is overlaid with images of Batman carrying the pastor out of the church as he's telling the story, but he goes through and he tells the story, which by the way, look up the scripture. Um, there's a lot of it. It's about, it's about eight to 10 verses, I believe. Um, but the gist is, uh, a woman goes to an unjust judge and Jesus told this story, uh, to illustrate, you know, a thing about prayer, but it says that he goes to the, unju- she goes to the unjust judge and the judge says, even though I don't care about her because she won't leave me alone, I'm going to give her what she wants. Um, and the pastor, as he's dying, says that story used to really tick me off. I was mad at God for even putting that in scripture. Um, and the pastor points this out, which I've had this other theolog, I've had this very theological discussion with other pastors. He says, does, does that story say that God is annoyed by our prayers and Mm -hmm. he would rather us leave him alone and that he only gives us what we want because we annoy him? And because Batman had told him, I failed you by not saving you. And then the pastor short version goes on to say, no, that's not what the story is saying. The story is saying that God doesn't want to hear our prayers because each prayer of a child of God is a way that they are hurting or that they are in need. And he hates to hear his children in need. Mm. Um. The one line that I didn't love, just like there's one line in Judas that I didn't love. um, The one line that I didn't love is that the pastor says that God recognizes that each prayer is a way that his he has failed his children. Now, Uh, I don't. Yep. Yeah. Mm, mm, Really, though? Really? (laughs) Um, Now, I don't think he was saying that on a field. Now, this is me being me. I don't think he was saying that on a he thinks God fails us theological stance. I think he was saying that so Bruce would get the point that he hadn't failed him. Right. Yep. But either way, as a as a pastoral, a pastor on an exegetical level, I'm like, mm, did God fail though? Did he? Um, <laughs> did he? <laughs> did he though? Um, but, you know, either way, like, and that's the thing, like, that is a makes for a great, great group discussion on that one story in Luke. Um, and it's just beautiful. Real talk. I don't remember anything else from that issue. <laughs> I don't remember the other stories in it, but I reread that one like 80 times. And I spent a lot of time on that. So I'm going to like kind of burn through my other. Uh, no, no, pools. you you good. Um, we We have set aside the time to talk about the comics this week. So have at it, my is- friend. The comics. Um, 
But Batman and Catwoman number four, again. Oh, look, it's Hector talking about Tom King. <laughs> crazy random happenstance. It's um, super crazy, but Chris actually has lots of opinions because that was great. But yeah, set us up and let's go. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw on Tom King's uh, Instagram or any of his socials. Um, if you are unfamiliar, the show WandaVision is partly based on Tom King's book, Vision. Um. Tom King was really excited that Randall Park, who plays Agent Wu on the show, is in this show because he was Tom King's neighbor. Right. Yeah, that was that yeah, was a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, that just makes me happy. Um anyway, uh Batman and Catwoman number four. Uh at this point, am, am I is, are we at the point where I can safely say like the no, twist from we last can issue? Say- yeah, we can say we can say uh, the the word spoiler, and it's your fault at this point because I'm about either, to say we're like know, six weeks away or something. Um, yeah, it's it's been a few minutes, so we can actually talk about it now. So okay, mm-hmm, okay. yep, this, so, this is happening. Air quote spoiler um, in Batman and Catwoman number three. Uh, Selena Kyle kills the Golden Girls version of the Joker. Um, <laughs> so. Um, Batman has already died of natural causes. Batman or Catwoman and Joker are senior citizens. Yep. Um, Catwoman shows up to his trailer park in Florida. In Florida. He moved to Florida. He moved to Florida and is living in a, like Winnebago and straight slashes the Joker's throat yep. for all the things he did. Um, that happened. And so this issue, we get the first reveal of the character, um, their daughter, Helena, as Batwoman, who is a very stunningly illustrated mix of Batman and Catwoman, um, has some very right? Batman Begins, or not Batman Begins, but Batman Beyond vibes. Yes. What'd you say? No, that, I agree. I I was um, trying to find a way to talk about how she was illustrated as well, but you nailed it. She has a very uh, Batman Beyond's vibe mix of Catwoman and Batman, um, and she's investigating... Uh, the Joker's murder, and Selena's just literally sitting at the table like, mm, "That's nice. Good story. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Tell mm. me more. Oh no, he died. How unfortunate." Um, but she's got she's investigating that, and like you can tell that it's going to come to a head where her mom and her are going to have to like. Um, she's like, "Honey, the most evil man in the world is dead, and I'm the richest woman in the world. I don't care." <laughs> And, um, yeah, like Selena Kyle just completely like unplugged at that point. She's like, I've got my wine. Um I I got that that Wayne money now. Yeah, she was like, yeah. I good. And Joker's yeah, dead. She's good. This is good. Which is another reason this didn't play into Canon once they were taking Bruce's money away. Um at least for this story arc. Um But yeah, going on. Uh also, like you still get more version of the uh phantasm which Mm -hmm. i I feel like even though the phantasm is a main character in the storyline she's not the main character of the storyline in the flashbacks like i'm kind of surprised at how little phantasm we actually got she honestly does feel like more of a boogeyman in the back of the story than the actual story but four issues deep i'm loving it happy with every penny i paid it for it and um i would gladly reread all of this again um Let's see. King and Black number four. Uh, I picked up King and Black off of a recommendation from you lovely people. Um, and I oh, I will say that for like the $20 it cost me to or more to uh, jump into this, it's been a good read. Um, if you picked up any of the stuff dealing with Carnage or Venom over the last little bit um, of Marvel history... Um, it's totally worth it. It's a good storyline. You get to see the full function of the Marvel Universe in one fell swoop of Captain America being Cap. You get to see Iron Man be all as the Iron Man he wants to be. You get to see Magneto and Charles be the douche waffles that they are. And <laughs> um, like to me, and here's my super positive statement. You ready? This is the most well-endowed Marvel crossover event since Civil War. One. What? Uh, As far as getting the best vibe for all the characters. 
Um, okay. Okay. I uh, see what you're... Like, Thor was admirable. I don't know the last time I picked up a book and thought, mm, outside of that one issue where is he rebuilding a church. I don't know. I was like, mm, Thor is admirable. Um, but, like, <laughs> this is one of those things. It fe- It has a heavy, heavy Civil War vibe, even though there's just a lot of black squigglies. Um, but... You know, you get Eddie being Eddie, you get Pete being Pete. I mean, you, you get all the goodness that's in the Marvel Universe tightly packaged. And even if you haven't read all the crossovers, I know a little more going on because I've read the Daredevil ones and the Savage right. Avengers ones and, and the Marauders ones. Um, but honestly, you could probably pick up these four books and be satisfied. But uh, issue four uh, was great, which is the one that's on the list. But what I'll say is this. About halfway through issue four, I realized why this feels familiar. You know why this Go feels familiar? On. And this is my no. moderately negative statement. Um, it's You've been like, warned. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, this isn't the worst thing I've ever said. Trust me. Um, by issue four, King and Black just feels like a black and white version of Blackest Night. like it literally just like we've been here before yeah by issue four it literally felt like i was reading blackest night again and that's not a negative it's just like oh this suddenly feels less original um and like and it's literally like the last couple pages of issue four that made me feel that way um but it's like it feels like a less colorful Blackest Night. Like, because I remember the first time I read Hal Jordan say, let's get this rainbow rodeo going. I'm like, what? (laughs) Uh, But this straight up just does feel like a black and white version of that. And I'll leave that statement as it is for spoiler's sake. So let me be clear. I'm enjoying reading it. I think it's really well done Marvel book. It's probably one of the best big swings on a Marvel book since Civil War or World War, World War Hulk. Um, but it does have a, uh, hey, let's bring our dead sidekick back from the dead and make him a darker version of himself. You mean Red Hood? No, Winter Soldier. I mean, it's got that vibe um, <laughs> of <laughs> Marvel's doing something DC did, but, you know, in their own sandbox. DC did it. <laughs> no, that's the thing, though. But I mean, it does have a very if you replace lanterns with symbiotes, it's the same story in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, comics that. have been around for a hot minute, you know, 80 plus years. So we are kind of hitting that point of originality. And thank goodness for independent press, because those fools definitely are bringing some crazy stuff. So, yes. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll, you know, again, there's no real negative in that. I solidly enjoy the book. Um, I will finish reading it. Um, but uh, the other one I was going to say is Future State Nightwing, uh, number two. Uh, to me, personally, I think Future State Nightwing was the best representation of Fox as Batman. Ooh. Um, like... Let me let me just say it's absolutely as Dick Grayson as it gets. Outside of being witty and funny, I mean, there was no part in this where I'm like, oh, this is this is a weird take on Nightwing. No, this is a hundred percent grumpy grumpy Nightwing. I'm a hundred percent with that. That was like it's as Dick Grayson as it comes. Fine, but what I was really impressed with was the Fox Batman in these issues. Fox Batman has been okay. Um, Jace Fox has been good as Batman and all of this stuff. Um, I honestly have had no real beef with him being Batman. Um, what I would say is though, that I think he really shines, um, as Batman in this book. And there's even a line where Dick says dynamic duo. It is. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, that was, is it? <laughs> I was like, I got the vibes from like the first time Dick was Batman with Damien as Robin. Like, Literally, I had a deja vu moment in the presentation of that. We here at LTN Radio know that not everybody is nerdy in the same ways. You might find yourself in a situation where you hear a word or phrase that you've never seen before and have no idea what it means. Well, have no fear. 
we're here to help. Today's term is vibranium. Now, of course, you might recognize the name of this fictitious metal from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, making up Cap Shield, Winter Soldier's latest arm, Black Panther's suit, and I'm pretty sure it's half of Vision. But here's a little bit of history on the rare metallic ore. Theorized to have been first deposited on Earth by a meteorite a million years ago, the material has long been hypothesized to be extraterrestrial in origin. Captain Marvel inadvertently proved this theory to be true during a scuffle between survivors of the Builder's attack and the Spartex Empire, who had relocated them to Torfa, where the latter had begun poisoning the planet and the refugee population by using an unsafe technique to secretly mine vibranium for use in rebuilding their fleets. However, although vibranium was once mined on a number of planets, all those mines have apparently been exhausted. As a result, aside from the planets of Earth and Torfa, there are no known stores of vibranium left in the Milky Way. There are said to be five different types of vibranium on Earth, and the most well-known is Wakandan. I'm Radio Mad, and I hope I've made your life just a little bit Those nerdier. are my polls. What are your polls? Let's see. Um... I mean, I read a bunch of Future State too, but you know, just to kind of men- give the honorable mentions here, um, the Catwoman series um, finished mm-hmm. out, and I thought it finished out really well. Um, I agree that I think I've I've purchased all of Future State at this point. I ended up being that guy when I said I wouldn't, um, and I think the bottom line for me ended up being that. There's probably slightly more good future state than not good, but there was some stuff in the middle that just made me go cool. I didn't need. To I read literally, that. <laughs> when I tried to read uh, Legion of Superheroes, oh. I literally thought, like, are the pages out of order? What's happening? <laughs> the Green Lantern stuff didn't quite stick to me either. Shazam was interesting, but still felt like they tried to do too much too quickly maybe but Shazam needed four issues hmm Shazam needed four issues to pull off the story they were trying to pull no I think that that's that's it yep what you were saying too just to add on my honorable mentions the artwork in Immortal Wonder Woman number two Mm. is some of the most majestic and beautiful Wonder Woman artwork I've seen Um, I still stand by that Wonder Woman the young Wonder Woman like is the best book out of future state. Um, and we're going to get that ongoing. So congratulations. And, I will, and we you did will it. get my money. Um, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So Catwoman was great. I thought that that isolated train heist story was a really good look at what's going on in this world. Dark detective I thought was great as well. That the understanding who the magistrate was and peacekeeper and, and all of that just felt right in all the books that they actually bothered to tell us about it. Um, the other books were technically happening in the same headspace and same space, but you wouldn't freaking know it <laughs> sometimes. So um, I think Future State was hit or miss. And I think on the other side of Future State, as we go into the future, we will see the better parts of it continue. Um, but yeah. Hopefully we've given you kind of a navigated path of future state for what to pick up, what not to pick up, or some stuff in between. So now I can move on to – I did a whole bunch of – actually, everything on my list this week is independent. Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, All the women independent, throw your hands up at me. um, Well, we're going to copyright it someday. It's going to be fun. Yeah. not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> Image Comics, Donny Cates. Uh, I think I've said this already, but Crossover continues to be one of the most insane books on the market. And I literally don't know how he's not being sued or just paying royalties. By the way, it's uh, King and Black is Donny Cates, too, for y'all that didn't know that. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Donny is, is, is the golden boy. He is amazing. Um and Marvel said, take all this money. And he said, can can I write a Venom story? And they're like, sure, kid. And here we are. But crossover, we're still navigating the incredibly insane world where a cataclysmic event crossed the comic book world with the real world. And we're on this journey with a couple of folks trying to get a little girl who came from the comic book world back to her parents. And we've met the drugged out version of um, – Oh, shoot. My brain. It failed. See, drugs are bad, kids. 
um, Doctor Strange. And he is like literally like the most cracked out version of Doctor Strange ever. And he even talks about the it's he created the dome that's protecting the comic world and the outside world right now. We mentioned that. And they're like, cool. Well, that means you can get us back in. And he's like, yeah, magic doesn't quite work that way, especially if you're like really whacked out when you do it. And they're like, cool. So don't don't do drugs and do magic because I don't remember how I did it, apparently. Um and it's still just utterly insane. Um, but you've now met kind of a team of superheroes that are now helping them all kind of get back. And they've just visited a museum about the day the incident occurred, which is full of nothing but comic book references. So, again, just different enough <laughs> not to get sued. Um, but you can pretty much identify everything that's in this thing. And the museum itself is the Hall of Justice. And it's just bonkers. So you you need to check the book out because it's just wild page to page the thing it is. But all this to say, if you are a Donny Cates fan and you've been listening to us and you've heard us utter one of Donny's other books, uh, God Country, he crossovered his own crossover in Crossover. So Crossover is about comics coming into the comic book world well, the thing they go to seek to help them figure this out, spoiler alert, but I'm setting this up on purpose, is Valofax, the omniscient sword from God Country. So if you back up in the timeline, um, when I think we gave you news maybe a year ago that there may be a universe of particular swords in Donnie's world, we now know where some of that nexus exists. And it's pretty awesome because what he does in introducing you to Valifax is he gives you the first couple pages of God Country so you understand what the sword is, what it did pre in this universe and now going forward. It is meta as all get out, but it's actually pretty well done and I don't hate it. It's It's a really creative piece and I think... Anyone that just enjoys all of pop culture in general is going to enjoy this book. So go read Crossover. It's an adult book. I think you probably figured that out by now <laughs> um, because Cracked Out Doctor Strange is not for the children. Just saying. Um, but also on my wonderful journey of strange image books <laughs> is um, – I went on the number one train again this week and I read Stray Dogs number one. How to describe Stray Dogs to you, our listener. Um, Hector, do you remember the movie um, Pets? I didn't watch it, but I think my kids have. Yeah. So basically the animated film that was all about the – that pets have – you know, when all the humans go away, they can talk. It's it's toys except with pets. Come on. Let's let's it's yeah, Toy there's, Story. There's, Come a, on. there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've seen this. <laughs> um so think about that concept that, you know, the pets communicate with one another, even that kind of animation style. Um and you get introduced to this dog that's having memory problems, or at least the doctor thinks she's having memory problems, that like she's freaked out about everything for some reason and they don't know why. And that dog witnesses her owner being brutally murdered because that's where you thought this story was going and is brought to a home with all these other stray dogs um, by this guy. And she doesn't remember anything because she's been having the memory problems or whatever. And the other dogs are like, right, we barely remember they try to imply that dogs don't remember much beyond a day at a time anyway, that they have certain long-term memory things like commands, who their owners are and stuff like that. But like generally, it's why a dog will be like, oh, the mailman's here and like bark like crazy like they've never seen the mailman before. Um, that kind of thing. And so spoiler alert slash this is what you need to know because this is why you're going to read it or not read it. Um, you find out that the new owner is the serial killer and that all these dogs and there's like 20 something dogs when you get introduced were all taken from their owners when this 
this new owner murdered them all. So I guess if you like the movie Pets and the movie Seven and you wanted those two things together, Image has a comic for you. How's that for a setup? I just wonder who actually said, you know what we need? Pets and <laughs> What seven. we need more of right now is ask me what's in the box, but with animated dogs. No, please don't. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. I don't have a feeling one way or another, but it felt so freaking weird that I had to bring it to your attention. And... That brings me to the more feel-good-ish book of the week, and that's Young Hellboy. Because if you didn't know that you needed Hellboy stories from when he literally was kind of like middle school-ish age, it's like literally after. Yeah, it was really kind of delightful because it was, you know, 1947. I think Doc found him in 45, just at the end of the war. So, you know, he ages differently. But he's basically a child and he's traveling with the doc and it's a straight up kind of wacky Hellboy story with crazy occult things going on and being investigated and everything and the church trying to murder Hellboy because like one does. Um, But the book reads at a younger level. Um, The stories are well illustrated. It's I've actually really enjoyed this illustration for Hellboy. Um. Yeah, there's no other way to really say that. So it's kind of a fun young adult version of Hellboy, and that's what you need to know. So if you enjoy Hellboy in general, it is worth reading. It's not a gimmick. It actually is pretty great. So you should check it out. It felt short. Fi- that was my only negative. It did feel short, and I think that's because, you know, again, aiming for that slightly younger audience – the dialogue was less, so it's hard to move forward when there's not a ton to drive you there. So, interesting. And then finally, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin 2 came out, like we mentioned. It was meh. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was okay. It was the most printed book by IDW ever, and it was fine. No, um, this is a great book. Like, if you have any vested interest in the Turtles, which a lot of us, I guess, our age do just by existing, because <laughs> they were basically there while we grew up in cartoons and movies and everything. But if you've enjoyed this space at all, the story that's being told is is just well done. And it's this concept of one of the Turtles is the last one standing. I don't remember if we spoiled that when we talked about the first episode or not. So I'll be careful just the same, but what we're going through, it's been like five months. (laughs) It's been like five months, but there's one left. And what we knew was that everyone else died, including splinter. And what the two is starting to introduce us to is the events that led up to the lone last standing turtle and why he's on the vendetta he's on. And it's been really well done. And it's also been fun to see other characters from that universe and where they are or aren't. So we saw April this time around um, and her and Casey Jones, you know, had a kid and we get to meet their kid who's pretty cool and interesting in this. But did you did you catch the last thing in the last panel? Uh, April was holding the head of something. I didn't 100% know what it was. Yeah, I I have I have a theory and I'm pretty sure I'm right and I think a particular perky robot is going to get referenced um okay. in the not too distant future. Yeah, look at it again with that information. Um I think I'm right. I don't know I'm right. Um but Kevin Eastman is doing A lot of the work in there, Tom Waltz, who's been writing for a very long time on the current Turtles run. Um, Our friend uh, Ben Bishop has picked up a majority of the art. And going forward, you'll see his next to Kevin's stuff. And that's just really cool because Ben, we – I had the pleasure of meeting pretty early in his career of – you know, launching on the turtle stuff that he was just a huge fan. And one day Kevin picked up the phone and called him and said, I want you to do stuff with me. And since then, just Ben's been given more and more work. And when they lost the primary artists 
for Ronan, he's getting to finish it out. So Ben's another dude that, yeah, writing this down, have to have on the podcast. Um, see, we we do podcast and we find out who we need to bring to you just by talking. But if you love the turtles, you need to be reading Last Ronin. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So I want to talk about WandaVision for a second. And don't worry, no spoilers. And even if you have no idea what's going on in WandaVision, that's okay, too, because this is going to be just based on one single line. And personally, I think it's the most quotable line in the entire series so far. And I think it also carries the most potency per letter of anything out of the entire series. But there's this moment where Vision makes this statement. What is grief if not love persevering? And man, the minute I heard it, which by the way, I saw it quoted on people's Facebook statuses before I even got to watch the show. Thanks, guys. Um, But the minute I heard it, it just hit me deep. It hit me in my soul. It hit me hard. Because the reality is, beyond just what we see in WandaVision and anything else, grief and love persevering to me honestly boils down to Jesus. And not just a straight Jesus juke the situation But this is honestly what stirred in my soul the minute I heard this line, because I go back to Mark 14 and where Jesus is praying before the cross. He's praying before he's arrested and he literally is drowning in grief. Check this out in Mark 14, 34. There's this verse that says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch verse 35 says going a little further he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him verse 36 says abba father he said everything is possible for you take this cup from me yet not what i will but what you will jesus was embodied with grief over what was about to come but it's the fact that his love perseveres that his love persevered and is persevering, that we find freedom, that we find hope, that we find redemption, and that we find love and salvation. And that is love persevering. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Let's wrap up this wonderful show, Hector, by telling them... And I'll I'll say that too, like, like I'm going to reiterate that. It doesn't matter yeah, if you've yeah. read a turtle comic book in the last 30 years. Right. Yep. Uh, you, you need to pick this up. If you know, if you can name the turtles and know their colors, you should read this. Right. And you probably have enough information because like, if you know the turtles who Splinter, who April and Casey are in the foot clan, you are currently and up at, to speed. at some point Shredder <laughs> had a daughter. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's about all you need to know. The more, you know, and now you do. Because we were here and we told you. So let's wrap up this wonderful podcast by letting them listeners know what is that great number one, or in this case, zero issue um, yeah. they need to get. Yeah? Ah. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, so for me, mine was uh, Chronicles of Faith, David, number zero. Um, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Another Bible comic book. Um and I did a podcast yeah, with the creator. Hector, how, and, how dare you? <laughs> well, dude, let's be honest. Most Bible comic books are hot butter garbage. Um, sadly uh, so. Sadly so. There are some that do it great. And I've met some people that do it great. Uh, Mario DeMatteo, um, the folks that do the Action Bible, they do great things. Um, like Mario DeMatteo does Paul, 
um, and like a Star Fox vibe. And he also is doing one for Peter. I love Mario's stuff. Um, the guys that do the action Bible, I got to be on a panel with them in San Diego. Their stuff is great. But at, like, I remember growing up in Christian bookstores and picking up the comic books in the Christian bookstore and cringing. You'd um, be like, nah, we good. No, we're good. <laughs> it's like, I'll rewatch VeggieTales. I'm fine. Um, but uh, this one, y'all, it's it's dope. Um, one of the things that they're doing with it is, and by the way, it's from Mercy Way Studios out of uh, El Salvador, which was fun. Um, mm. And they wanted to tell the story of David, um, but they're not just doing it in like a narrative thing. I'm going to give you a moderate spoiler. So here's the moderate spoiler. What they're doing is it's David telling uh like eight-year-old Solomon his life story. And Solomon's like, yeah, yeah, you killed a, a big dude. I don't care about that. Tell me the rest of it. <laughs> and so like Solomon's like, shut up about the giant. Tell me the other stuff. Um and one of the cool things is like uh you know, he's telling him the story of like, how he killed the bears or whatever when or how he fought the bears and God delivered him. Well, they turn that story into the story of the lost lamb, like the 99 and the 100. Mm, okay. So like like you legit have David like telling about how he was shepherding a flock of 100. One goes off a cliff and he goes to rescue it and that's like where he fights a bear. So, I mean, they even in a cool way mix in some New Testament um and like uh Yvonne who is you know the writer illustrator for this said that uh when he thinks of David he thinks of him as a cross between uh Link and Marty McFly and that's <laughs> how he's writing David um and uh the company's out of El Salvador it's all digital right now um but they have plans for three full volumes of worth of comics um, and they are going to cover the whole, yeah. So we're talking like three 12 issue arcs or whatever. Um, and they plan to cover all of David's story and not shy away from the failures. Um, Oh, interesting. Over, yeah. Uh, he said he made a big deal that they wanted to actually cover, you know, the dirt too. So I, I, you know, I'm not just saying this because they're nice or they were on my podcast. I, I read issue zero and, genuinely enjoyed it and would have gladly paid the cover price for it. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, there's dude, there was a dope dialogue. Um, like he was telling Solomon, I want you to remember this. This is what happens when you actually trust God. I mean, it's just like, there was good stuff. So nice. Uh, you can pick it up on from in America. You can pick it up, um, uh, from brainy pixel, um, is where you can buy the comic digitally. Um, but issue one's out. Or zero. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Excellent. Well, um, I was picking up a lot of number ones this week, like I said, so I always sift through ones to see what's interesting. And this week I rested on Shadow Doctor number one from Aftershock. And Aftershock usually sits towards – they've been really trying to do a lot more like horror-based stuff – um, or kind of out there. And this one is actually really kind of interesting because it is based on the primary writer, Peter Calloway, says that this is based on basically his grandfather's story, which is from the 1920s and 1930s. And basically it's about his grandfather who became a doctor. And important piece of information here is he is black in 1930 and became a medical doctor. And the setup to the story is no one will hire him because literally every hospital is like, yeah, black people don't do medicine or you do it only Ooh. for your people. And it does not hide wow. from this dude's journey. And he's like, well, cool. He was like top of his medical school class and like everything. And so he's like, well, I'm going to open my own practice. And then every bank's like, yeah, we don't give money to you like this is a real like it's a tough read up front just to remember that we were there in the 20s and 30s and unfortunately there are still parts of this country that still function almost in this same way so it it's a timely story <laughs> um with 
that can be really painful um, for folks. But supposedly, you know, it's founded in basically kind of his his grandfather's story. And so because nobody would hire him and he couldn't get the money to open his own practice, he, when he was a little younger, before medical school, had been tied up with uh, whiskey runners. So this is prohibition period, right? So he had been running with some of the folks that were running alcohol basically from Kentucky to Chicago. And during that time, he had come into contact with a little organization known as the Mafia. And when he didn't have anywhere else to go for work, the end of the setup issue is the Mafia is the only ones that will give him work. And recognize him for his talent and skills because, well, they've got an empire to run, right? So it's a really crazy story um, based in reality. Um, but against that backdrop of Prohibition, Chicago, the mafia, and the struggles of being a very well-educated and talented black doctor, basically. So I'm in just to find out how the rest of this story unfolds and how much of it is true or, um, you know, is for the sake of storytelling, but it, it really kind of slapped me. Um, so I'd love for other people to check it out and to hear a story so we can, you know, a learn a little, but b also just get this story from a medium that Hector and I tend to really enjoy, which is comics. So didn't mean to go too heavy on you, but it's a, it it was it was I, I find it hard to say the word fun read because that's not really what my brain thinks, but it's interesting. No. And yeah. it is it it's also really good. It its visuals are great. George's uh Genty is doing it, who did a lot of the Firefly stuff. Oh yeah, um, that Hector dude, I love and I him. love. Yeah. yeah. So and he's just a really great dude in general. Um, but it's really neat to know that they're billing this as no, this this happened. <laughs> Um, so I'm still kind of curious to look for future interviews and maybe find out a little more about the story to find out just that, but it's pretty neat. So you should check it out. Shadow Doctor number one from Aftershock. And well, that's going to do it for us here at the poll list. Uh, episode 48 is in the books and now in your ears, but we couldn't possibly do this alone. As many of you know, we take this epic journey of podcasts and fandom with lots of other amazing podcasts and shows that are all part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. So be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info, previous episodes, and maybe find yourself a new show to add to your routine. But Hector and I, we just really love you guys and thank you for choosing us for your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. So don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and so many more. Five stars because you love us. Thanks for listening. And remember, kids, read more comics. <laughs>